0: It's finally here, The Deep End, Season 7, Episode 1, and I'm so glad that you were here. You know, seven in the Bible is the number of perfection. Does that mean that we have perfected this show? You let me know in the comments below or to the right. New studio, same great audience. I'm so glad that you're here. We're a nation of cults, ladies and gentlemen. We've got the climate cult. We've got the COVID cult. we got all these crazy cult cults. of celebrities and movies and TV shows. And these cults are cheap imitations of the true orthodox faith that God delivered through his son, Jesus Christ, to the world. When you abandon that faith, the enemy offers up a bunch of cheap imitations to stoke your fears, limit your potential, because the devil hates the image of God that dwells in you. So are we headed for more mask mandates and lockdowns? possible and transanity keeps getting worse you won't believe what's up in indiana and we tackle the most powerful cult in america in fact the world the cult of climate change this is your favorite night of the week the deep end on tim hatch live
1: the deep end
0: Yes, I am so excited to finally get back at it, ladies and gentlemen, with Season 7, Episode 1 of The Deep End. Some new graphics as well. What do you think? Um, yeah, new studio behind me. Let me know in the comments, if I haven't asked already. What do you think? And as usual, make sure that you're clicking that like button, the subscribe button, and the notification bell. Because you always want your smartphone to do something smart for you. Like First, give you a flashlight if you need it. <laughs> Mine was on. And let, let you know when we go live here on the deep end. And I'm your host, youtube.com slash Live. And yes, it is quite possible that as we enter into yet another American election season, that the stoking of our fears are coming back in full force. It almost seems orchestrated. The World Health Organization Director General Tedros Adhamnan, uh, this is him here now up on the screen, said that there are concerning trends for COVID ahead of the winter season. Here's what he had to say.
1: One of WHO's biggest concerns is the low level of at-risk people who have received a dose of COVID-19 vaccine recently. Our message is not to wait to get an additional dose if it's recommended for you. Yesterday, WHO published an annex to our Global Strategic Preparedness and Response Plan for COVID 19, which further supports countries in five critical areas collaborative surveillance, community protection, safe and scalable care, access to countermeasures, and coordination. Uh, coordinated surveillance? What? The increase in hospitalizations and this shows that COVID is here to stay and that we will continue to need tools to fight it. <laughs> so we will continue to need flus-
0: uh, tools to fight the flu. I said many, many years ago, ladies and gentlemen, that the worst thing that could happen is that we thought the lockdowns and the mass mandates and the vaccines worked. That would be the worst thing, because then they would become part and parcel with living in this world. I also said on this show, and I will say it again, that it is a test for your stupidity. It is a test for your um, ability to be manipulated by fear and the media, because we have plenty of evidence now that mandates did not work. Lockdowns did not work. Kids got stupider. Um, schools actually got exposed, thankfully. But businesses collapsed. Small businesses. Amazon did fine. Netflix did fine. The big corporate entities that support these policies, they all did fine. But mom and pop shops were closing their doors left, right and center. And so here come the mask mandates. Yes, the Hill reporting mask mandates reemerge amid upturn in COVID-19 cases. And so it's happening in Hollywood movie studios, which I don't really care about, that's fine. They can close their doors for all I care. But it's also coming to some schools, maybe a school near you and not just in California, but in Nebraska and similar other areas of the country. What are you going to do? Should you wear a mask? And the answer, of course, you're going to hear from me is no, because they don't work. They don't work and the science is out. From the very organization that Dr. Fill You Up With Fear Fauci gave you for the last three years, the very organization he worked with, the NIH, has produced plenty of evidence to show that masks do not stop the spread of COVID-19. By the way, neither does the vaccine, neither did the lockdowns, nothing worked, but they're going to start pushing this on you one more time. Why? Because there's a group of elite people with a lot of power who traffic in fear because fear keeps you controllable and dumb. Now, again, this is amazing to hear that even CNN, and I can't believe I'm saying this, called out Dr. Anthony Fauci on the failure of masks to stop the spread of COVID-19, appearing with Michael Smirkanish on his show This Happened. Watch. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks
2: for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference, he told the journalist Mayan Demasi. Full stop Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual, when you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the data are less strong. But when you talk about as an individual basis of someone protecting themselves or protecting themselves from spreading it to others, there's no doubt that there are many studies that show that there is an advantage. When you took at the broad population level, like the Cochrane study, the data are less firm with regard to the effect on the overall pandemic but we're not talking about that we're talking about an individual's effect on their own safety that's a This
0: is just junk science. Uh, Society is made up of individuals. So if the masks don't work societally, it's because it didn't work for the individual. Do you understand? But when you are a 50-year bureaucrat at the federal level, and the highest paid, by the way, and you become exceedingly rich, facts don't matter anymore. Because you have position. And with position, a lot of times people think, well, he's smart. He knows what he's talking about. So we must listen to him. This is what we did with Dr. Anthony Fauci for three years. For me, I did it for about six months and then I was done with this guy. But this is what happens also when you've made millions and he has made 300 and $20 million since COVID started by injecting people with fear. The New York Post reports, and this is big, Dr. Anthony Fauci and his wife's wealth skyrocketed $5 million during the pandemic. Um, This is him and his wife there on the screen He's 81 years old. He's not retiring, by the way. He's moving on into writing books and I don't know what else, but he's not going away. He's he's here to stay. Doctor, fill you up with fear. Again, his net worth tracker from 2016, five billion to 2022, 12 million dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, fear sells. This guy makes money as fast as Nancy Pelosi does while serving in Congress and having her husband consistently make stellar stock trades. Uh, It's just Unfathomable how rich these elitists and these bureaucrats get while well, they fill you up with angsternation, consternation and angst. So, I told you that the NIH, where he actually worked, has the study proving that masks don't work. No, I'm actually going to correct that. They actually cause harm. This is the study. Look at this here up on the screen. The NIH, the National Institute of Health, in their library of medicine, produced a study on the chemical risks, the chemical risks from wearing surgical masks. Uh, Evidently, this fills you up with VOCs. What are VOCs? That's a volatile organic compound. VOCs are commonly used, check this out, as chemical solvents or something that dissolves other chemicals. Uh, They're found in paints, petroleum fuels, pharmaceuticals this is this is what your body will produce inside of you by wearing a surgical mask to protect you from a virus that you have a 99.9 percent chance of recovering from if you're under 80 years old by the way those compounds those vocs that contribute to respiratory irritation and even cancer according to this study from the nih but fear sells ladies and gentlemen Uh, Disposable masks don't work. The KN95 masks, they don't work. They're actually even more harmful because your VOCs get even more intensified because you're not doing what your body's meant to do. God designed the body to exhale what was harmful and inhale what was helpful. But we're literally just casting those things to the streets and we're making people sicker by saying we're protecting them. And I still see people wearing their masks. And I'm like, what are you doing? Sometimes in the car alone, wearing the masks. And even Joe, even Joe Biden is getting tired of this. And I I have to say, thank God he's getting tired of it. Because my real belief about masks is that Donald Trump didn't want to wear a mask in 2020. And Joe Biden did. And so to make it a successful campaign slogan for Joe, the mandates came up uh, around the summer of 2020. You were supposed to wear your mask like Joe was and Bad mean old orange man President Trump wasn't and it became a walking billboard for Joe Biden's campaign because all he could do was sit in his basement and let the news media do it for him. But even meat puppet Joe Biden is tired of the mask mandates. Here he is in front of some reporters talking about the fact that he's done with it too. watch
1: the press. I've been tested again today. I'm clear across the board. But they keep telling me because this has to be 10 days or something i gotta keep wearing it but don't tell them i didn't have it on when i walked in all right
0: yeah even he is sick and tired of these mandates and the masks and doesn't want any part of it and i have to say i agree with you wholeheartedly joe it's kind of odd too that our president the most powerful man in the world has to report to the press and kind of like apologize for not following their dictates i mean what the heck the press is so powerful in this country that, we, that our leader has to count out to what they think and kind of apologize and excuse himself for not following the science, the junk science. And he's assured us so far that it's going to be up to you as to whether or not you should wear masks on planes. Here he is saying that. Watch. President,
1: should people continue to wear masks on planes? That's up to them.
0: That's all that is. It's a very short clip, but nonetheless... Mask mandates will come back, I guarantee you. The election is just around the corner for 2024, and there has to be some ballot harvesting going on, some big-time ballot harvesting going on. It's all a charade, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to be aware of it. You've got to be awake to it. I don't know if we can stop it, but here's what I would say to you. Do not comply. Now, this is a big Twitter hashtag that's floating around the Internet. uh, Or, sorry, I should say X hashtag, because it's no longer Twitter. It's now X. But this is a big hashtag. I will not comply. And I understand the sentiment. And I'm with you on that. And I I don't want you to comply. I, I say don't comply, but here's what I say to you because some of you, when these mask mandates come back, you're gonna be stuck. I don't want you to lose your job because you're not gonna wear a mask. So here's what I say. Do not comply as much as you possibly can, right? So here's how you do that. If mask mandates come back at say the Gap or some store, some grocery store or you know, I don't know why I picked on the Gap there, but uh, JCPenney <laughs> or some restaurant. You say, "Nope. If you ask me to wear a mask to come to your establishment, I'm not coming." And 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 here's what you should do. You should just let them know. Very kindly. You don't have to be a jerk about it. Christians should be kind and at peace with all people, but just say, "Listen, I don't believe that masks work. I've read the science myself, and I'm not coming into your establishment if it requires me to wear a mask. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. God bless you. You can be a nice guy, but, or a nice girl, but do not comply to the extent that you cannot comply. Understand? I don't want you going losing your job. I don't want you you know, not being able to feed your family. It's, we can all talk tough on social media, but when the rubber hits the road and our kid has to go to school and we do have to show up to work to work and earn a living... We got to do what we got to do. So just understand, do not comply as much as you possibly can. And when you do not comply, do it in the most Christian way possible. That's what I'm committed to do. And I'm asking you to do it too. For some of you, it's going to be hard because your favorite restaurant will require a mask or your favorite, I don't know, movie theater will require a mask or something that you love will require a mask. Okay, here's how we tell them to stop by not complying, by not patronizing those establishments you've you've got to make this decision because the world is getting crazy and all it takes for crazy to win is for normal people to just be quiet no we've got to be bold we've got to stand up and we have got to take our stand wherever we can speaking of crazy it's time to talk about the trans sanity going crazier than ever before that brings me to ridiculous news ridiculous Remember the organization, the ACLU, American Center for American Center for Civil Liberties? Well, American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU. (laughs) That's what it means. This is an organization that has pulled the wool over uh, millions of Americans' lives because they pretend to fight for your freedoms, but they're not interested in that. They're. Actually, fighting for confusion to enter into society. The ACLU, people have donated this. Good Christian people donate to the ACLU. It's a group of hard left progressive secularist lawyers that want to control your life and introduce the most insane ideas and concepts into American vernacular. They've won, by the way. Uh, They were instrumental in introducing gay marriage. They have fought for abortion up to birth. Uh, They have fought for creationism no longer being taught in schools. That was way back in the 1920s. They have fought at every level to make sure that any stitch of Christian thought and doctrine is removed from the public sector. And they have won. They have won in many respects. Well, are they going to go too far at some point where we're going to finally wake up and think, okay, they're out of their minds? Because just when you thought that trans sanity couldn't get any worse, it does. I bring you news from the Daily Wire. A male prisoner who murdered an infant, an 11-month-old stepdaughter of his own, in 2001. His name is Jonathan Richardson. And he wants the state of Indiana to pay for his sex change operation. He wants his penis cut off and a fake vagina hole stitched on or stitched in, however that goes down. And he wants the taxpayers of Indiana to pay for it. He says that he's a woman trapped in a man's body. He is uh, quite ugly. I'll put him here up on the screen for you. Face tattoos, of course. Did you expect any less? And this is amazing because he is now being defended by the ACLU to get the taxpayers of Indiana to pay for his penis to get cut off and a vagina be sewn in. And this is just part of the Transanity. This is part and parcel for the ACLU. They have been this type of organization for decades. I have watched them systematically deconstruct our very civil society into the chaotic mess that it is currently right now. Evidently, this guy, Jonathan Richardson, who wants to be known, uh, is it there up on the screen? He wants to be known as Autumn (laughs) Cordellioni.
1: Never go against the family.
0: Anyway, uh, he wants to be known as Autumn Cordial, Cordialoni, and he goes in his pants. He goes number one or number two in his pants because he he can't stand the stress of seeing his own weenie. <laughs> but do you see the also the infantile behavior here is pretty appropriate for the entire mindset of the LGBT squad. If you don't give me what I want, I will throw a tantrum on the floor. I will kill myself if I don't get what I want. You have to be perpetual children, see, to go along with this ideology because it's all about feelings. And it's fake feelings because no matter what anybody tells you, a man has no idea what it feels like to be a woman. And a woman has no idea what it feels like to be a man. They can have this uh, autogonophilia where they like to dress up in the opposite sex clothes to arouse themselves. I get that. Yep, I understand that the sexual deviancy that is in the heart of man because of sin can go into areas that are unthinkable. But this is going Exactly according to feelings, is being childish. And when you're childish, you have to demand that other people accommodate your feelings no matter what it costs. Normal, reasonable people. Richardson was sentenced to 55 years behind bars in 2002. His earliest release date is 2027. So he comes out a woman, I guess. I don't know. Uh, by the way, this is not the first time that an inmate has fought for the state in which he resides to pay for his sex change. The state of Minnesota holds the dubious uh, record for being a state that actually already paid for a man to be transitioned into a woman or at least have his penis cut off. And then because he can't be transitioned to a woman. Stop. Even even I fall into the lingo that they want us to fall into. A man had his penis cut off and then had a a, a vagina hole sewed in his place at the cost of taxpayers. Five hundred thousand dollars from the state of Minnesota. Good times in Minnesota. eh? good times. (laughs) Again, the ACLU is going to make this happen. I guarantee it. They win their cases. They are smart, stupid lawyers. They are truly wise fools. And again, like I said, they have fought for the end of teaching evolution. Actually, they fought for the restriction. You can't even teach. I'm sorry. They have fought for the end of creationism. You can't even teach creationism in the public classroom today, thanks to the ACLU. And they will fight and fight more and more to make sure that your your Christian beliefs are undermined at the state level. Why? Because the devil wants to silence Christians. The devil wants to make you feel inadequate, insecure. The devil wants to make you feel small by making all these enemies feel so, seem so big. But anyway, I had a thought. And here's my thought. We are told that genitals don't determine gender. So why do you need to change them to be a different gender? Things that make you go, hmm, yeah? Yeah. Anyway, uh, climate alarmism. We got to take on this cult because this one is just as bad as the COVID cult. Maybe worse. And it's time for me to react to or actually kind of do. Let's do a deep end commentary on climate alarmism one more time. Just so we get the facts straight to show you how much of it is a cult. When you don't know what you know. To know what to know. When you're confused, scared, and don't know what to believe, turn to the deep end commentary. Okay, worse than the COVID cult is the five decades old climate alarmism cult. We had a hurricane a couple weeks ago in Florida, right here. I sat through it, I did not worry about it. Do you know why I didn't worry about it? Because I did not watch the news. I didn't watch the news, ladies and gentlemen. And I would recommend this to you. This is my this is my pastoral prescription for you. Stop watching the regular news. You wanna watch the deep end news. But every other news, just avoid. And when this hurricane came, and I lived through Hurricane Ian last year, also in Florida, and Hurricane Ian was bad. It really did wipe out Fort Myers. But um, this past one, uh, down in Florida, and there's a, there's another one that is probably going to hit us today uh, on the East Coast. But anyway, you have to understand something about this. They pump the story up. It's always escalating, right? It's always going to be a Category 3 by n- next 30 minutes. It's going to be a Category 5 in 24 hours. It's, it, it never de-escalates. It always escalates because there is a cultish mindset to every natural disaster that we see now natural disasters ladies and gentlemen have been part of the human experience since the dawn of time since sin entered the world when adam and eve ate the fruit uh, romans chapter 8 tells us that the creation is subject to futility because of adam surrendering his dominion and authority to the devil who is the god of chaos the moment the devil took the keys to the car of this creation because adam Uh, abdicated his throne, given to him by God, his position given to him by God to the devil, chaos has ensued. So uh, wildfires, uh, um, tornadoes, earthquakes, hurricanes, these are going to be part of the creation until the redemption. Creation groans for, the Bible says, the sons of God to be revealed. That's us, God's people, to be revealed. When Jesus comes back, our son of God ship Sons and daughters of God's ship will be revealed physically and the world will finally live at peace and in harmony. But until then, (coughs) we're going to have to deal with all this climate alarmism. The AP reporting, climate change keeps making wildfires and smoke worse. Scientists call it the new abnormal. New York Times, how climate change turned lush Hawaii into a tinderbox. Bloomberg, Maui fires show climate change is ugly reach. And so now instead of actually dealing with the problem and mitigating the problem with with helpful solutions, right, like building stronger homes, uh, like I don't know, uh, putting out fires with water, which we will get to in Maui. Uh, Now it is all about just this enigma of climate change. And there's nothing we can do about it except tax you more and make you stop driving your car. Because if we tax you more and make you stop driving your car, then there will be no more hurricanes and there will be no more tornadoes. Won't that be great? Trust us. We're the government and we're here to help. Um, So this is what's going on. But my question and my uh, commentary today is how do you know it's a cult? Well, I'm going to give you some signs. Sign number one that you know that the climate alarmism is a cult is the side of a cult is people revere something or someone other than God. People serve or worship something or someone other than God. This is totally true with the wildfires in Maui. Now, the death toll for the wildfires in Maui is going up. Nobody's reporting about it because it was a failure of the authorities in Maui. And there's also a bunch of other shenanigans down there, and I don't want to get into all the conspiracy theories, but there there is one simple solution to a fire. Put it out with water. Yeah. I mean <laughs> that would be good, but this is the Maui official talking about the sacredness of water. You won't believe this. This is unbelievable. He is a he is Maui's water spiritual leader and literally was in charge of the water distribution and worked to withhold water that was needed to put out the wildfires. Here he is caught on a Zoom call talking about how the people of uh, Hawaii have worshiped water for so long and it's God in our culture and we need to show
1: uh, water distribution with equity. Watch. Dif- any different than how Hawaiians traditionally managed water. You know, in, in essence, we treated, a, a native Hawaiians treated water as one of the earthly manifestations of a God and a kua kane. And so that reverence um, for a resource and that reciprocity in relationship was, was something that was really, really important to our worldview and, and well being, right? And living in an island, in, isolated from other you know, civilizations. Um, and so I think where it shifted to today or over time is that we've become used to looking at water as like something which we use and not necessarily something w- that we revere as that thing that gives us life, right? I mean, to me, it's a shift in value set. Um, and, you know, if we can start to really look at how we as humans in an island um, can reconnect to that traditional value set. So really my motto is always like, let water connect us and not divide us. Like we, we can share it, but it requires true conversations about equity.
0: What? Okay, this is just flat-out paganism, ladies and gentlemen. Flat-out paganism. It is unbelievable that people say things like this today because this is the, the ideology that Christianity freed people from everywhere Christianity was brought. Like, the worship of the earth is intuitive it comes naturally because we are from creation and there's a lot of similarities between us and creation like between us and the apes they have arms and legs we have arms and legs okay uh they the dolphins talk to each other whales communicate you know there's a lot of similarities so without the revelation the special revelation that is the bible human beings will turn to creation start to worship it this guy literally just unpacked age-old ancient ways of paganism worshiping water seeing it as a god seeing it as the source of life water is not the source of life water is a tool that sustains life god is the source of life and god is the one who makes water it's why god cursed the nile to deliver the israelites because the nile was treated like a god in egypt We're going back to that. We're going back to that. And people are being put into powerful positions in states across America that hold to these pagan ideologies. It goes right back to Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and creeping things. In other words, they worshipped... They worshiped creation instead of the creator. And when you worship creation instead of the creator, you start to use people to serve things. That's what's happening. Now we have to make sure that we, we revere water instead of actually using water to, I don't know, save, save lives from fires, wild, out of control fires. Sign number two that you are part of a cult. Number two, rules override rationality. In other words, it's just crazy time, crazy town, and so it doesn't matter what the facts are. It doesn't matter what the data shows. It's um, you've got to make the rule. You got to live up to the rules instead of having a rational thought or opinion. And I bring you again a person that I really appreciate. Uh, this is Cynthia Curry. She, Judith Curry, sorry, she was a former. I put the article up here on the screen from the New York Post. Scientists admit the overwhelming consensus on the climate change crisis is manufactured. This is Judith Curry. She says it's a manufactured consensus. Now, before I share this article, Judith Curry was a diehard climate alarmist. Then she got challenged on some of her, um, uh, some of her hypotheses and some of her conclusions and she did what true scientists do she rechecked them she let people challenge her findings and when she started to adjust some things she's not totally off of that train she's not totally uh you know denying climate change but she is uh more objective she's taking a very scientific approach to it and for this she has been castigated and thrust away from the scientific community well anyway back to the article she says it's a manufactured crisis uh she says that she says the scientists have an incentive to exaggerate the risk to prefer, to pursue fame and fortune i'll get to that later she knows about that because she once spread alarm about climate change herself the media loved her when she published a study that seemed to show a dramatic increase in hurricane intensity Uh, We found that the percentage of category four and five hurricanes doubled. She says Uh, this was picked up by the media and then climate alarmists realized, oh, here's the way to do it. Tie extreme weather agents to global warming. So this was her story. This is what she found out. And then she continues in the article testifying, saying I was adopted by the environmental advocacy groups and the alarmists and I was treated like a rock star. She said she was flown all over the place to meet with politicians, but then some researchers pointed out gaps in her research. Years with low levels of hurricanes. Like a good scientist I investigated, says Curry, she realized that the critics were right. Part of it was a, was bad data. Part of it is natural climate variability. And Curry was the unusual researcher who looked at criticism of her work and actually concluded they had a point. Then the climate gate j- scandal taught her that other climate researchers weren't so open-minded. Alarmist scientists' aggressive attempts to hide data suggest climate change is not a crisis were revealed in leaked emails. The IPCC wasn't supposed to focus on any benefits of warming. The IPCC's mandate was to look for dangerous human-caused climate change. Then the national funding agencies directed all the funding, assuming there, there are dangerous impacts. The researchers quickly figured out that the way to get funded, look at this, was to make... Alarmist claims about man-made climate change. This is how manufactured consensus happen. By the way, the IPCC is the UN-created intergovernmental panel on climate change. This is a this is a pathway to the dictator beast that is going to take over the world in the end times. Uh, the last part of the article says. Then she answers her own questions. Promote. Uh, by the way, th- I'm sorry. She talks about this email that she got from her uh, a journalistic editor from her scientific journal that she wrote many papers. Uh, that were pro climate alarmism in, and this was the email that she got. It said, "Promote the alarming papers. Don't even send the uh, the other ones out for review. If you wanted to advance in your career, like be a prestigious, be at a prestigious university and get a big salary, have a big laboratory space, get lots of grant funding, be director of an institute, there was clearly one path to go. That's what we've got now: a massive government-funded climate alarmism complex. Bingo. What she is saying is very simple: that there is never you, you never want, in the words of Rahm Emanuel, <laughs> advisor to former President Obama, never let a crisis go to waste because a crisis can lead to big dollars, big dollars in stroke, stoking fears. And the reason why they do this is because I know it works. I do. I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher. I get up on stage and I have an opportunity. I can pastor and shepherd God's people away from fear, or I can push them into fear to promote my brand, my name, and my, I don't know, church. Because if I can get you afraid of something and then present myself or my ideas as the answer to it, guess what? I've just got you hook, line, and sinker. And then I can ask you for money on helping me make sure that your problems go away. That's what prosperity preachers do. Give me money and your pro- your, monies will go- your, mo- your 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 will problems will go away. That's what the hellfire and brimstone preachers do. Repent and believe, repent, return from your sin, or you're going, to, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, now give me money. No, pastors should shepherd people closer to Jesus. They aren't just there to stoke fear. Yes, we should be afraid, but Jesus said we should be afraid of, of God in a reverent way. We, we shouldn't be afraid of hell. We shouldn't be afraid of dying. We should be fearful of the judgment of God without Jesus Christ. But once we come into Jesus Christ, we have no more fear. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. But see, pastors could play that game that the climate alarmists do. In fact, I wonder if the climate alarmists got their idea from the pastors, right? Because it's it's kind of that game. It's kind of like the old school fire and brimstone preacher game. I will, I will cause you to fear and you will give me money to make sure that I can save you from your fears. That's what climate alarmism is. It's old school religion. It's a cult. That's my point. How else do you know that it's a cult? Again, rules over rationality. Well, guess what FEMA did? while the wildfires were raging in Maui. <laughs> You're not gonna believe this. The Washington Free Beacon reported that they held a three-hour seminar on the dangers of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Over a thousand people missing in Hawaii, and FEMA is teaching their employees about how white supremacy is ingrained in every part of our system, and it needs to be eradicated. Talk about missing the point of your organization and its existence. But you see how the dingbats in the deep state keep trying to make everything about race to divide us, to cause us to hate each other? That's also a big part of being a cult. You have to have an enemy, a shared enemy. And in this case, the climate alarmists have one enemy, and that is white people. <laughs> Number three sign that is a cult. People just crazy people just crazy you know you know you're a part of a cult when uh somebody starts rolling on the floor at least in from, from my perspective when i was growing up in a pentecostal church you know you're kind of getting cultish when people are rolling on the floor and acting insane and barking on the floor like dogs like that's literally a thing that i saw in some pentecostal circles that's cultish when people just start acting crazy you know it's a cult so there's this big festival out in nevada i think called burning man it's for um older millennials who uh, smoked too much pot and made billions of dollars and now have plenty of time to sit around in a circle and smoke more pot and have sex with strangers. And this year it got hit with some sort of flood and plague and maybe it was God's judgment, who knows. But people couldn't even get to Burning Man. Why? Because some climate alarmist idiots decided to form a human blockade on a highway in Nevada to make sure that people couldn't get there to tell you that you need to stop using gas. And for once... These people got a good taste of the law. I love this video. Warning, it is, it might be troubling. So here it is, the blockade, and there's a sheriff coming up, and he just decides enough is enough. We're going to actually exercise the law and arrest these people for disturbing the peace. Watch. I hate to say it, but I love to see it, because how do you know that there's not a pregnant woman in that traffic jam? That's about to have a baby. How do you know that somebody's not going to see their dying mother, their dying uncle, their dying grandfather? Or maybe they just got a call that their, their daughter just got divorce papers from their, her husband. I mean, this is insanity, and these idiots need to be arrested, because you can't sit and block traffic. People have got to get places, and you're absolutely doing nothing except creating more enemies. You're actually losing the argument by doing this kind of thing because there is a chance that people who are on your side are in that blockade, are in that traffic jam because of your lunacy, and they're done with you. This is not the way to make your cult grow, but that's another sign that it's a cult. People be crazy. Number four sign that it's a cult, nepotism in the leadership. Yes, cults are famous for nepotism. In fact. If you look at some of the cults in world history, the dad always grooms the son and uh, grooms him for leadership because after all, you got to stay in the family well never mind uh there are there there's this you know great case to be made for. Uh, the Anglican Church, for for instance, and uh, King Henry the Eighth, and how he wanted a, uh, a, a male heir, and he jumped from church to church, Catholic and Anglican, made his own church actually just so he could have a male heir and then divorce his wife and <laughs> and produce an offspring that would carry on the leadership. But that's that's a sign of a cult. That's a sign of human-dominated, revering the creation over the creator mindset. And so we have that now in the climate alarmism scam. And I will show you this news that there is a new bureaucratic position given to someone with the last name Kerry. A critical care physician takes on climate change in new World Health Organization role. This June, the World Health Organization appointed Kerry. Uh, This is Vanessa Carey, daughter of John Carey, the climate czar under the Biden administration, and she is the first ever director general special envoy for climate change and health. Now, what are her qualifications for being in this position? Well, she was a physician. (laughs) Uh, Okay, how does a physician have the qualifications to be the leader of climate change alarmism or climate change crisis fixing? I want to know what what are her qual- she's just she, she won the biological lottery. She was born to the right family and she's going to make a lot of money doing what her father's been doing for a long time now, which is crisscrossing the globe on a air private jet, burning more fuel in one trip than you do all year to tell you to stop using your gasoline car and buy an electric car for twice the price, that can get you probably about 250 miles away from somewhere and you're constantly worried about where the next charging station is. I know this to be true from experience. But this is how you know it's a cult. The cult has rules. Rules that must be lived up. To And rationality has nothing to do with the rules. Uh, The cult uh, practices nepotism. The cult has crazy people. The cult reveres creation rather than creator. And this is where we are as a country, and we need to be aware of it as Christians because we are the ones who have the true faith to deliver to this world. And if we get caught up in these alarmism cults, then we will be ineffective in sharing our faith in Christ. We should be confident, we should have no fear and that no fear attitude in us, doesn't mean we're not careful doesn't mean that we don't take precautions where precautions are necessary but that but that overall sense of peace because we know God loves us God has us in his hand and we are protected we are covered through the the grace and the love of God and and the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed of uh, cleanses of all sin we don't face judgment we stand together with him on this earth we rule and reign with Christ now in the spiritual realm and soon to reign with him in the physical realm we should have absolute peace in in our hearts. And if you don't, it's time for you to get closer to Jesus Christ and find your peace in him. But let's end with some facts on this climate alarmism called human, human beings are mitigating climate disasters better than ever. That's a fact. Let me show you a couple of uh, charts just to prove my point. This is from our world in data. Uh, this is an average of the annual number of deaths from national disasters per decade. So from the 1900s all the way to the 2020s. And you can see the dramatic decline from 1920 all the way down to 2020. And the lowest on record uh, overall was 1910 and then 1990. And, and now let me show you why this matters. Because the number of deaths from natural disasters have gone down precipitously over the last 100 years. While the number of gasoline-powered cars have been astronomically elevated in the world. This is from the 1900s to 1987. Uh, Ironically, 1987, right before the second lowest on record natural disasters death decade, you have the most passenger cars and commercial motor vehicles in use in the United States uh, at that time. So yeah, it's been really hot this summer but only in some places and it's actually kind of evened out globally and it's not anywhere close by the way to the 1930s let me again put this chart up on the screen annual heat wave index in the united states the 1930s was off the chain and in the 2020s we are about mid-range we're right there in the middle section and you say but i heard that this is worse than ever before yeah you heard that but did you actually check up on it? For heaven's sakes, they're saying that it's the hottest record in the last 120 it's the hottest year on record in the last 120,000 years. We didn't even have thermometers 1000 years ago. What are they stinking talking about? But you have to be stupid and they want you stupid because stupid people are easy to cause to fear. And backing me up on this, is a presidential hopeful named Vivek Ramaswamy, and he joined TMZ to talk about the very thing that I'm sharing with you, and here was his answer. We're in Los Angeles, and um, we just had this crazy tropical storm. And again, I'm kind of an old dog, and I've never seen anything like that in my lifetime. Maui burned up, at least Lahaina did, and the country is experiencing temperatures that we've never seen before, as is the world. And I heard what you said during the debate um, where you kind of brushed
2: aside climate change. What do you think is causing all this? Yeah, so let me give you my actual views on this. It happens to be something I've studied quite carefully in the last several years. The climate change agenda is a hoax, is what I said. And what I mean by that is that the temperature related or climate related disaster death rate, tornadoes, hurricanes, heatwave, fires, the number of deaths over the last hundred years is down by 98 percent for every hundred people that died of a climate related disaster in 1920 that number is two people today that fact is not disputed the reason why is more abundant and plentiful access to fossil fuels more people die today still eight times as many more people die of cold temperatures rather than warm ones the right answer to all temperature related deaths is more abundant access to fossil fuels the earth is covered by more green surface area coverage today than it was half a century or a century ago because carbon dioxide is plant food so there, these are the these are hard facts not disputed but that you don't hear from the climate agenda
0: wouldn't the the reduction in deaths be more related to technology that's allowed us yes. to to yes. warn technology people and to get mitigation out of the way of danger and there's nothing to do with technology fossil fuels. Powered by
2: fossil fuels Technology powered by fossil fuels, and yes. that's my point. So I favor adaptation. I favor climate mastery. Look at the likes of what Bjorn Lomberg to Alex Epstein to even Steve Kuhnen, a physicist who served in the Obama administration. I've read all their books cover to cover. I think the reality is the climate change policies are going to be more hostile to human flourishing than actual the threats posed by climate change itself.
0: He's right, because what do you do if you are a developing world country and now they're telling you no more gasoline what do you do you can't advance the country literally cannot advance economically without modern technology that's how america advanced in itself technology gave us opportunities i mean we all carry around a computer in our pockets that is infinitesimally small more powerful intensely more powerful than the first computer that was ever made we can facetime people across the world without wires. We can find out if it's going to rain in the next five minutes in our neighborhood through a screen that is in our pockets. Who would have thought that helps us live more powerfully? And it does take oil to make these things because you don't have enough electricity. There was a report about California banning trucks that were powered by gas by 2030. And do you know how many... uh, This is um, industrial trucks. These are trucks for shipping and transporting cargo. Do you know how many trucks were sold in 2022 to do this in California? 271. They're they're gonna need thousands upon tens of thousands upon tens of thousands of trucks in, electricity, in uh, electrical trucks to make this a reality. And there's no possible way they're going to meet those standards. So what's going to happen? By the way, these trucks, these EVs, they cost twice as much and they weigh twice as much. And so when you have all that weight added to the road, guess what happens to our bridges? Guess what happens to our tunnels? Guess what happens to our infrastructure? It's too weak to support all the weight we're going to be put on it, putting on it as we transition to clean energy. And don't get me started on the fact that clean energy doesn't exist because the batteries are powered by the minerals that are harvested in mines with disreputable conditions for third world developing world children to mine for them this this is this this is a cult and we have done a really great job over the last hundred years mitigating climate disasters so that few people die for heaven's sakes and i think it was 1958 there was a hurricane in in florida that killed 6,500 people last week's hurricane i think it killed one person and it might have been a very old person We've come a long way. And the point that I'm making here is that if the climate is trying to kill us, it's getting worse and worse at it. But it will strike back. It will win if we don't wake up to this cultish mentality. Now, you don't have to believe me. You can you can play the, uh, the card that the celebrities want you to play, like The Rock, Johnson, and Oprah Winfrey, who started a fund. They put $5 million of their own money into a fund to collect your money. <laughs> they didn't give money. They started the fund to collect your money because they know— Like Obama's chief of staff once said, "Never let a crisis go to waste." There's big money in a crisis. Okay, that's the news. Those are the climate and and the COVID cults. Be aware, be up to date, and stand your ground and root yourself in Christ. Now, let me do a deep end reviews of uh, Jay Z's new film, *The Book of Clarence*. Okay, so rap producer and artist Jay-Z is set to release a film called The Book of Clarence in January. Uh, The article here from American Songwriter says the story is about a young man who finds his faith through love and through wanting to become somebody in the world, which is the story of everybody, Jay-Z told Vanity Fair in the same interview. Everyone wants to find love and everyone wants to leave this place having accomplished something, having left their mark that they've been here and hopefully affected the world in a positive way." Okay, um, so what Jay-Z is uh, stating here is somewhat true. People do want to leave an impact. Not everybody wants to leave a positive impact. That's not true. (laughs) Many people want to leave a very negative impact on the world. But here is the theatrical trailer for the Book of Clarence. Evidently, this is a man around the time of Christ who sees Christ as a Messiah figure and sees what he does and then decides he wants to be Christ himself. And it comes off as kind of comical and serious at the same time. I don't know which way they really want us to take it, but watch.
1: I'm Clarence. I'm not a man without faults. I played the cards I was dealt. Lance. In spite of your selfish ways, there is a beautiful soul in there. A little bit Somewhere. of Ben-Hur here. Clients is Jesus of Nazareth. You can't even buy power like that. I want to be like that in 10 years. I want to be like that now. Knowledge!
2: Stronger than belief!
1: Plants, <laughs> he moved miracles. I have a plan. I can see! I can see! God sent me to deliver his message. I am your new messiah! Bless swine! Uh, stop that! <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some Ben-Hur vibes a here. Myth.
0: See for yourselves, there is no messiah. Parents, if you will be so kind, to walk on more than Uh, OK, first off, that music is <laughs> off the chain. That song sounds amazing. And I knew I know that they are going to be featuring the um, the music in the uh, in the in the movie. Sounds good to me. But the movie itself is kind of a picture of the human condition. And let me say I'm just basing this on my review of the trailer. I take this for what it, what it is. Uh, people want to be their own savior. That's really the heart of the human condition. This is what makes it so hard to come to Christ. By the way, it's harder to come to Christ the older you get, because the older you get, the more you tend to have accomplished some things and thought that you were the one who made it happen. So why do you need this Nazarene carpenter from 2,000 years ago who died and rose again, but you don't really need him. I mean, look at you. You've made yourself into who you are. And, and really, it's kind of the, I, the movie is pretty much playing that out. Everybody wants to save themselves. This is why, and I say this again and again from the pulpit of my church, salvation itself is a miracle. The fact that you trust Christ Jesus, a Jewish carpenter from the the year A.D. 33 who died and rose again, okay? The fact that you trust him to be the propitiation for your sins, that is the the payment for your sins, the one who, who takes away your sins and died and rose again for you so that you will die and rise again with him. The fact that you believe that, And that is your chief and primary definition in life is a miracle because it is normal for people to want to make something of themselves by themselves. It gives them a sense of pride. It gives them a sense of value, gives them a sense of validation. Look at who I am. Look at who I have become. And the more we do that, the less we look to the one who made us. And the and the the less we look to the one who made us, the more confused we are about who we really are because we have to be rooted in him in order to know who we are. Uh, At the end of the day, the last thing that I'd like to say about this article, this movie, is there's only one savior and there's only one judge. There's only one lawgiver, James said. He is the one who's able to save and destroy. And so the Book of Clarence, as far as I know and as far as I see from the trailer, it's pretty much just a, a documentary on the human condition in another format. Anyway, when it comes out, you can see it. You don't have to see it. Don't do that thing where we freak out as Christians and say, oh my gosh, blasphemy and heresy. I, we do that all the time, and sometimes it's overdone. Look, non-believers are going to be non-believers, right? Sinners going to sin. They're going to do their own thing. Jay-Z, I don't think he's a Christian. So maybe one good thing that could come from this is that he had to actually examine the life of Christ to write a story about a man who wanted to be like Christ. And through his examination of the life of Christ, Maybe his heart is now open to Christ, but Jay-Z has been very successful, and he has made himself into a very successful man and brand. And Jesus said it's very hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. But it's not impossible with God. God can make a change in Jay-Z's life, and I'm praying for that. I hope you do too, as well as your friends, neighbors, and family. What I also hope for is that you will head on over to Tim Hatch Live and check out some gear and wear. And also my first book and my second book will be coming out. I have no idea when. Patience, ladies and gentlemen. I also hope that you'll support this content. If you appreciate it, check it out. Cash app, Tim Hatch Live and timhatchlive.com support. And yes, the deep dive is coming uh, next week. Not this week. Next week, the deep dive, the book of Torah, uh, the study of Torah is coming out. And I can't wait to get into that content. But that's the show. Season 7, Episode 1 is in the books. I hope you enjoyed it. Click the Like button, guys. Click the Like button. Click the Subscribe button. Click the notification bell so that your smartphone can actually be smart for you. It's an absolute pleasure to bring this content with you. It's a labor of love, but your support is always appreciated. God bless you. Have a great night. In Jesus' name.